Well, over the last year or so, year and a half to two years, uh, I've had the opportunity, the privilege of preaching about our worship. Uh, and we focused on a number of aspects of our worship over that time. And this morning, we're going to be looking at a couple of the, the elements or the essential aspects of our worship. That is, this morning, we're going to be looking at the greeting, God's greeting, and then also uh, God's benediction or blessing at the end of the service. We're going to look at two passages this morning. The first comes from Ephesians chapter 1. So if you turn there in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, I just want to read those first two verses there. The greeting, the salutation uh, of Paul in this uh, letter to the Ephesians. And then we'll be turning to the Old Testament uh, to read a few more verses, a familiar passage from Numbers 6, uh, verses 22 through 27. So you'll want to keep your thumb there in Ephesians as you turn to uh, the other passage um, when I read it. Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 2, there the Apostle Paul addresses his letter this way. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now keep your thumb there, as I said, and then turn to the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 6, uh, the blessing of Aaron uh, that he's called to give upon the people of Israel. Beginning at verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put My name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. We're going to end the reading of God's holy word there this morning. Well, people of God, I'm sure you've noticed, especially those of you who have been a part of this congregation uh, for decades, uh, you've noticed that, that we begin our worship services and we end our worship services in a very special way. Boys and girls, you've noticed this too, I'm sure, that Reverend Nehemiah and I we start each service, we conclude each service by, by extending our arms and lifting our hands and pronouncing grace, mercy, and peace upon the congregation uh, in the name of God. And the greeting and the benediction, which come at the beginning and the end of our services, are elements of worship that have been practiced uh, for a long time in the church, since the days of the early church. And yet today, if you visited uh, most evangelical churches and many uh, so-called Reformed churches as well, you'd think that our practice was unusual, maybe even strange. Because most churches today have, have completely abandoned the practice of the greeting and the benediction as elements of their worship. I was recently watching the live stream service of a local church, uh, mostly out of curiosity, and this is how their service began. Uh, a worship leader who's not the minister 
jogged up to the stage, went to center stage, and, and yelled out at the congregation, how are you all doing this morning? And of course, he didn't get the participation he was looking for, so he made some smart remark about how half asleep the congregation was that morning. And then he yelled it all over again, how are you all doing this morning? That's what many churches today think is the most fitting way to usher Christian worshipers into the presence of a God who is holy, holy, holy. Why isn't that our practice? Why don't we do that? Is it just because we like our traditions? We uh, have always done it this way. Let's not rock the boat. We like to keep things formal here. Is that why? Well, I'd like you to know that those would not be good reasons for doing what we do, not in themselves. No, we, we begin our worship with a divine greeting. We end our worship with, with a divine benediction because we want to pattern our worship not after good intentions, but after the will of God, as it's made clear to us in His Word. You see, according to God's Word, the, these pronouncements are far more than a simple hello, goodbye. They're a profoundly meaningful declaration of God's covenant favor and blessing upon us as we enter His worship, as well as a promise of His love and His protection as we exit worship and go out into the world to live for Him. And it's important for us once again to learn to, to understand and to value the importance of these elements of worship so that we can benefit from them fully, so that we can truly understand their significance for our faith and for our life as Christians living in the world. So I want to start by talking about, looking at from Scripture, the significance of God's blessing. And to really understand it, to really understand the importance of the greeting and the benediction, these, these things that stand as, we might say, bookends of our worship. What we need to remember, first of all, is that Christian worship, biblical worship, is a covenant dialogue. It's a covenant dialogue. What do I mean by that? Well, when we come to worship God, we, are, we come and we're engaged in a glorious conversation between God and His people. And you can see that back and forth dialogue reflected in the order of our worship. It's not arbitrary. It's not random. Take a look at your bulletins. We begin our worship with God welcoming us, and we respond to Him in song. His Word calls us to confess our sins and humble ourselves before Him, and we do so in song. He promises us that He forgives us of our sins for the sake of Jesus Christ, and then He gives us His will to live for Him. We respond in prayer, asking for what we need in faith, and we respond in giving our gifts and offerings, and we sing to Him. Then He, he speaks to us through His Word. We respond in thanksgiving, in song, and so on and so forth. Our worship has a pattern. It has an order. It's a dialogue. And the greeting and the benediction, which we're looking at this morning, 
begin and end that dialogue between God and His people. And what's important for us to notice from the outset is that that worship begins with God's greeting. It begins with His welcome, His salutation. Worship always begins with a word from God. Worship doesn't begin when the musicians start playing or singing. Worship doesn't begin when a worship leader asks you how you're feeling that morning. Worship doesn't begin when you've taken your first sip of coffee and settled into your seat as the lights go down. Worship begins when God utters His Word to His people. When God speaks to His covenant people and He extends an invitation through His ordained mouthpiece, the minister, that we might come humbly into His presence to worship Him. Worship begins with a word from God. And we see that that God's greeting and the one we use for our worship services is patterned after God's word. In particular, it's patterned after many of the salutations in the New Testament letters, like the one I read here from Ephesians chapter 1. This is the way God would address His people. God would greet the churches through His apostles as, as appointed ministers to the church. And when Paul in Ephesians greeted the Ephesians and he said to them, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, it wasn't just a personal greeting. This wasn't just Paul coming to the church and saying, hey, haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? Hope you've been well. Well wishes. Good vibes going your way. This isn't Paul promising to pray on their behalf. Paul is acting as the official mouthpiece of God through whom God is bestowing every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places upon them. And so when he says to them, grace to you, grace be to you, he's conveying God's undeserved mercy to the saints. He's conveying what he, he's going on. He goes on to say in verse 7 of chapter 1 that in Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Let that be to you. Grace to you. When He says, peace to you, he, He's conveying to them the blessing of a restored relationship between God and sinners through faith in Jesus Christ. He's conveying to them the importance that they have been predestined for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, as he says here in verse 5. And the same is true for us. The significance of God's greeting, His salutation at the beginning of the service is the same. It's the same life-altering grace and peace that God conveys to you when the minister raises his hands and welcomes you into worship on behalf of God. In the greeting, God declares to you that He accepts you as one of His children. You've been brought into the family for the sake of Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important 
to be here on time to receive that glorious announcement from God. What about the end of the service? What about the benediction? Benediction, likewise, has beauty and significance that are, are profound. The benediction, like the, the greeting, is patterned after one of the most famous blessings in all the Bible, that blessing of God upon the people of Israel through Aaron the priest. We read it from Numbers 6 here, and I'll read it, read it one more time here. The blessing is this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And that blessing is very familiar to us. The words are very familiar to us, and maybe as a result of their familiarity, we sometimes lose sight of the theological depth of this blessing that's reflected even in the structure of this blessing. In the original Hebrew, you see God's covenant name, Yahweh, or as it's translated here, Lord, is repeated three times. One time would have been sufficient. God is belaboring the point that He is the source of all life and all blessing for His people. If you take out those three references to the name of God, His covenant name, the remaining words amount to 12 in number, referring to the 12 tribes of Israel, the church, God's covenant people, the recipients of God's covenant faithfulness. With that significance, we realize that, that when our worship concludes with that benediction, that blessing from God, God is doing something. God is doing something immensely important for us. He's sending us out into the world with His promise that He will be our covenant-keeping God, a God who will, will be faithful to His promise to bless us and our families with a host of good things including security and happiness and protection, His very presence with us. When God sends us out with that blessing, He's promising to, to prosper our work so that it succeeds. He's promising to protect us from the evil one and to preserve our, our, earth, our heavenly inheritance so that it cannot spoil, fade, or be destroyed. When God sends us out in this way, He's promising to turn His face toward us, not in wrath, not in displeasure, but in love and in grace and generosity and peace. God is promising to smile upon us in the coming week and be the all-consuming source of our happiness and our purpose in life. And He does that because we belong to Him by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So the benediction is not simply a goodbye. It's not just the end of the worship service. It's the official bestowal of God's promise that He will meet all of your needs in the coming week as you leave His glorious presence and worship as you head into a difficult and often dark world. And again, that's why it's important to be here as much as possible when God bestows this valuable blessing upon us. You see, what we do in the greeting and the benediction is so significant for us. 
It's not arbitrary. It's not empty. When the minister raises his hands, he is conveying by the authority of God the rich blessings of God's grace, mercy, and peace upon you. We see that pattern all throughout the Old and New Testament. When Jesus took the little children to himself to bless them, to declare to them that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, what did he do? He laid his hands on them. When a minister is ordained to office, called and equipped for his work, what do the elders do? They lay their hands upon him. It's an official act and the bestowing the blessing of God. And, and that's what's happening in worship, in the greeting and the benediction. It is, this, it is as if God reaches out to you to touch you and to bless you by placing His name and His covenant claim upon you. He is reaching out to declare to you, you are mine. You are my children through Jesus Christ. God is in that act demonstrating something of who He is. He is a God who delights to bless those who are His humble children, who look to Him in humble faith and dependence. And we're called to understand that. That we don't do the, the greeting and the benediction out of mere tradition. It's not a, something we should do thoughtless, simply going through the motions. We're called to understand and appreciate the great importance of that blessing and cherish it fully every single time that it's bestowed upon us in worship. But that is often the greatest challenge that we face when it comes to God's blessings. We often don't understand their value and their significance as much as we should. Even in a Reformed church, we, we sometimes tend to think of these bookends of worship as, as optional, as uh, a merely practical transition, maybe even sometimes as an annoyance. It can become so focused on, on the lesser things that we think have to be done right before and right after the worship service that we lose out on the blessing of meditating, pausing and thinking about the tremendous significance of what God intends to convey to us in the greeting and the benediction. The challenge before us is to make the most of these gracious gifts from God and respond to them in faith. And so I want to conclude this morning with a few practical suggestions for how to respond to, how to benefit from these two elements of worship, the greeting and the benediction. And the first is this, commit yourself as much as possible to getting here on time each Sunday morning and evening. Now, I want to be sympathetic because since I've become a parent, I know how hard it is to get to church on time or anywhere on time for that matter. Uh, and I only live across the parking lot. I'm beginning to realize more than ever before that you can't do things quickly anymore once you have children. And so I'm not unsympathetic. But it strikes me as interesting, nevertheless, that we always manage to get to work on time. We always manage to get the school, kids to school on time, for the most part. We don't seem to have much trouble getting to the ball game on time. 
It all comes down to motivation, doesn't it? It all comes down to motivation. And what we're called to do by God is to, to gather our family and ready, ready them for worship with a sense of excitement, with a sense of anticipation and humility. To say to our family, kids, we get to go meet with God today. We get to receive His blessing upon us. Kids, the holy God of heaven and earth wants to meet with you today. And He wants to show you His grace and His mercy and His love through Jesus. Let's go. Let's go. Get ready. Let's go. And then come and sit and quiet your hearts before the Lord in grateful humility. Prepare yourself for this outpouring of God's grace and peace. As best you can, ready yourself, get yourself, get your family here on time to receive God's profoundly meaningful greeting on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Second, pray ahead of time. Pray ahead of time that you will receive this blessing in faith and gratitude. It's important for us to remember that, that when the minister raises his hands and he blesses the congregation in God's name, that's not some magical incantation. Those words, when they're spoken, don't automatically dispense grace into your life like a gumball machine or a vaccine. That's not how it works. God's blessings are, are bestowed upon those who receive them in faith and humility and gratitude. And it's the Holy Spirit of God that must prepare us to receive those blessings from His hand. The Holy Spirit's the one who makes that blessing effective in our lives. And that's something for us to pray for, not just on Sunday morning, throughout the whole week, to pray leading up to worship that we would be ready to receive God's blessings with a pure and a contrite heart, to pray in anticipation of what God says He will do. And then finally, seek to live out the implications of God's blessing in your everyday life. We acknowledge the glorious thing that God is doing here. That will have an impact on how we live, how we speak in the world to which He sends us. God's doing something marvelous here in the benediction in particular. God is, is putting His name upon us. He is setting you apart as His people for service in the world. Don't be ashamed of carrying that name. Don't hide that, that light under a bushel. Don't be silent or cover your mouth when your neighbor asks about the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Instead, lift high the name of Jesus Christ who has made you a member of His family. Declare His praise at home, at work, with family, friends, and enemies alike. Busy yourself in promoting the name that is above all names, the name that everyone will exalt on the day of Christ's appearing. Go into the world and serve in God's name through His strength, for His glory,
with the full riches of His grace and peace that have been conveyed to you when you come and receive these marvelous blessings Sunday morning and Sunday evening from His hand. So come and know this glorious blessing from our faithful covenant-keeping God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we thank You that You are not a, a miser when it comes to dispensing your, your blessing, Your grace, Your peace, the comfort of Your Holy Spirit. But You, when we come to You in faith, in humility and gratitude, You bestow Your, your blessing upon us grace upon grace, peace upon peace. Lord, help us to understand the profound significance of what we do here at the beginning and the end of our worship services, that it's not uh, simply a practical transition or a, uh, a leftover from centuries past, but this is Your intention for us in worship, to come and to be received and grace and peace by You, our covenant-keeping God, to look up and to receive Your hand upon us in blessing, and then to go out into the world once again with that blessing to serve You in faith and obedience. Lord, help us to cherish these blessings as we grow to understand them and value them more and more. May they be something that we look forward to something that excites us, something that fills us with a sense of anticipation, something that motivates us to come to worship every Lord's Day. And Lord, may we go forth into the world with Your blessing to serve You joyfully, faithfully for the sake of our King, our brother, who has made us a member of His glorious family. In His name we pray, amen. Well, next Lord's Day, next Sunday, we look forward to celebrating the Lord's Supper, and I'd like for us to prepare our hearts and our consciences before the Lord.